Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and get equipped with us. 412 Canada is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. You're going to love today's episode as we chat with Shauna Lester about how to serve weekly, creating healthy boundaries, encouragement, and crazy fun ideas where, hey, we learned a new interesting fact. Did you know that you cannot take an ice cream truck to a movie theater? All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, Shauna. I'm so excited that you could join us on our 412 podcast today. For those that were here at the 412 conference in May, you heard Shauna during her main stage interview talk about asking more of volunteers and not less. And uh, Shauna is the Director of Family Ministry Inter Midland Campus Pastor at Conexus. And that, Shauna, is a huge mouthful. Can it you... is a mouthful, yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that and what that means? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I serve at Conexus Church, which has three locations, mm-hmm. two being portable. Um, and so I oversee birth to grade 12 at all three of those locations. Wow. And uh, currently we are without a uh, campus pastor at our newest location, which is located in Midland, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And so I'm filling in that role as well oh um, on top of Um, My already big role, but uh, that's what happens when you're on a smaller staff team and, uh, you know, you're for the sake of the mission, we all pitch in and do what we can. So, yeah. And that's crazy because you've been doing that since November, right? I have. Yeah. So I I know like people, I feel like I've been there a long time doing that role. (laughs) And and when I first started, I really, although I understand leadership, I Mm -hmm. did not understand sort of really what a campus pastor role would entail and so I've been learning and so it is kind of a uh, interesting role it is really about moving people helping Mm -hmm. them to get on mission I do not do any of the preaching in case people are rolling (laughs) over in their grave right now Uh, I was gonna ask you that next right yeah Yeah. so uh, really it's about um, casting vision it is a brand new church plant, which is different than a church that, oh, we have too many people and there's so many people in Midland mm. coming to our location. That wasn't the case. It was really a church plant where um, we felt that God was calling us to go there, that they needed a church like ours that mm-hmm. was reaching people who were um, not into church. And certainly I've learned that Uh, a lot about what that means when you're trying to get people just we are reaching our target which is unchurched for just helping people take steps uh, getting them involved in community getting them into uh, serving and just understanding what it means to be part of a Christian church community Mm -hmm. I would say that that town is very Catholic based. Okay. So there's very much, um, you know, a a lot of 
kind of vision casting around what we are as a church community and um, what it means to follow Jesus mm-hmm. um, is certainly, you know, part of the, I would say, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to help people take those steps to follow Jesus. And it doesn't happen, you know, in a month. Um, no. <laughs> it's, it's a long haul mm-hmm. to kind of get them to understand kind of what we're doing and yeah, you're why really we're there. Invested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings us to what we want to talk about today. I mean, you are doing this constantly and I know you've talked about this before, but can you walk through, you know, how to practically transition when you've got all these volunteers that you are dealing with, how do you develop that culture and get them to serve uh, weekly, which is Yeah. Huge. So when I first came on staff at Connexus, so I was a volunteer, a high, mm-hmm. uh, we would call them like people who are invested fully in the mission of what's happening at the church as uh, high capacity volunteers. So mm-hmm. I would, I would have been classified as that kind of person who was like all in for the sake of the mission and would do, you know, kind of whatever it takes to help the church be successful mm-hmm. as well as just, you know, rallying people. So that I was in children's ministry um, as a large group host. It's kind of like the person who conveys the Bible mm-hmm. story in our kind of elementary um, age group. So, um, and then there was a, a, a vacancy on our staff. And so I said, hey, I'll do whatever it takes. I was working full time at the time. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so I said, Hey, if I can help in any way, let me know. And so they said, Hey, like, although I was already volunteering a lot, they said, could you take on, you know, could you do more? Of, yeah. Could you do more? <laughs> could you take more. on 10 to 15 hours a week? We would pay you, mm-hmm. but we do like, there would need to be, um, sort of some time in the office, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I said, sure, I could do that for a little while, work full time, and then, you know, 10 to 15 hours um, on this side as well to help. Because I was so passionate about what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I could not fathom there not being somebody in charge to keep things moving because the worst thing would be to have it fall apart, which. Yeah often can happen in a church when there's a vacancy in leadership. And Mm -hmm. so um, while they were seeking out um, sort of a staff role person, um, I just fell in love with kind of it more and so decided to apply and went through all of those steps and um, then came on staff kind of eight years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and definitely learned along the way. This was my first ministry role. um, Mm -hmm. And so that uh, was kind of a, there's a big learning curve for that. But one of the challenges that was, was um, to me as coming on is they wanted to move people, the volunteers in children's ministry at that time to weekly leadership, right. meaning they wanted the volunteers who we would call small group leaders, which is um, kind of an, a new descriptor for a typical Sunday school teacher to not be once a month or once every, (laughs) you know, every two weeks to move them towards weekly Mm -hmm. um, because we just felt um, that the relationships that would be built within kids and families would be improved if they saw the same people all the time. Yeah. And certainly, um, 
that's no easy task. No, that's and a huge task. You're changing a whole mindset, you're, right? You are. You're changing yeah. the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, small steps is kind of the way I approached it by mm-hmm. there were a handful of people that were serving weekly. Um, and so I really met with them one-on-one or in small groups to say, hey, we you are successful as a small group leader. We see big results in your small group of mm-hmm. grade three girls because you are there every week. Can you help me uh, convey that to other people of the importance of what you see? What are the wins that you see because you're there every week? Right. And yeah. so having those people on my side as I had conversations with people to vision cast to them hey we believe this is what's best for kids and for their parents that we if we provide uh, consistency in small groups um, we will see the patterns of families change for their church attendance Mm -hmm. because we know the more times a family is in church the better it is for them as a family the better it is for them as parents if whether they're a single parent or a two-parent family, the more times that they are in church, Mm -hmm. uh, considering the majority of our people are new to church, we know that it's going to help them just be a better family. Right. Take a side, even if they follow Jesus or not, Mm -hmm. um, that the more times we can have them in our services, we know that it's going to be helpful for them. Ultimately, our goal is to see that family come to Jesus. But prior to that is, hey, our helpful content, being around positive people, being around a faith community Mm -hmm. is good for families. And we know that if the kids are excited about coming and seeing that leader, um, they'll drag their parents to church. And so that's kind of where it started. (laughs) And that's where, you know, helping people understand that and the power and the influence they could have on the life change that would happen in a family, let alone the kid, um, is really kind of um, helps people understand the why behind it. And so I think that was the big part of it is understanding the why we were asking this big ask. Now, it it only works because from the get-go, we as a church decided to have two service times right. so that those barriers for people, well, then I'll never get into service. Mm-hmm. We would remove that. Um, and so because we were so strong in this, we need volunteers in our family ministry side of things to serve every single week. Right. Um, we need to provide two service times to do that. Um, we didn't need two service times when we first started. Uh, certainly we didn't have the people to do that. Right. Um, but because we believe so strongly that this was going to be what was best, um, we started with two service times. And even in our newest location in Midland, we it is strictly a volunteer service for okay. um, the first service um, because we believe so strongly in providing um, weekly leaders for kids. So, 
So what does that look like then? They come to the first service, the volunteers. They and- do uh, at the newest location. Mm-hmm. Yes, the volunteers. We only run children's ministry at the second service. And okay. so that's the kind of the one we're pushing, you know, any of our invites to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because children's ministry only runs at the first service. But in our other locations, we have children's ministry at both service times. Right. Um, and so they... the. It's attend one and serve one, whichever order that is um, now in those locations. But initially, uh, it was not the case. It was a volunteer service. Children's ministry ran only at the first service. And then eventually, we just grew it. Um, And then you were vision casting in a different way to encourage people to come to the first service with their children. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a whole new conversation that I had to have with people. <laughs> okay. And then, so for your volunteers, what did it look like? Did they commit to, okay, we're going to serve weekly for yeah. a year or for like from September to June? Like what, yeah. what does that so look like? Didn't win, uh, uh, didn't win everyone over with that. That ask for some people was just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was okay. Um, one, you need less volunteers. Um, and so having people leave your team, although it's, it's hard, you want to transition them to something that can work for them. And so worked really hard to getting them replaced on something. Right. Um, I would say that there were some exceptions to the rule, um, based on a heart attitude. So, um, there was that litmus test for me when I'm talking to a volunteer about how their heart was that, you know, um, if their heart was, I totally understand this. I believe that this is what's best for kids and families to move to weekly. I'm a shift worker. Mm-hmm. If I could be here every week, I 110% would be here every week. And I know that about them. I would make an exception to that rule. But that was actually rare compared to the person who you know what, like, I just don't think I can commit to that. I don't want to do that was a whole different conversation. Right. Um, And so um, as hard as it is to say no to a volunteer, um, you have to, for the sake of the mission and vision of what you want to do, you have to say, be okay with them being a little bit upset with that move and then reallocating them to, well, there's all of these other places that you can serve Mm -hmm. um, that aren't the weekly leadership role. And so helping them move towards something else um, and not saying that there wasn't a place for them because there definitely were places that they could serve. But if small group leader role, was a weekly commitment. And so stuck to our guns amidst the awkwardness and upset people mm-hmm. and, you know, not easy. Now it's just part of our DNA, so right. people know that. So for elementary preschool, it is a September till June ask um, that they are committing to. Yeah. I would say if I'm trying to win somebody brand new over, I say, could you, if I was vision casting in September to get somebody on a September team, I say, hey, can you give me a try 
of weekly leadership can you give me eight to ten weeks in a row and let's see how it goes yeah so I will give them this sort of like a small group idea of hey let's try this before you commit but typically what will happen and now I will partner them with a an amazing small group leader Mm -hmm. um, and typically they'll be in for the long haul once they spend a good consistent eight to ten weeks in a row with a small group with an amazing small group leader they'll be going I love this or it will be I'm not sure this is the right age group fit for me but I love what's happening and then we'll try something else and so that process may take some time but if they're all in from the get-go it is a September till June ask and then we um, really try hard to give them the majority of the summer off and then replace them with summer. In our middle school and high school environments, it is a different ask. We Mm -hmm. are asking them to commit to four years with a student so that they would move with them. The conversations and the relationships are just different in those middle school, high school age groups. And so that's a huge ask. We know life change happens, people get married, people change jobs, but that is the ask from the beginning, and they are asked to commit to that. Mm-hmm. No, But we know, hey, if you can't finish your commitment, it's usually from an outstanding circumstance, like right. a job change, uh, you know, moving, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so those conversations are just open, but that is the ask when we're kind of interviewing them for the position of a small group leader. Okay. And then, I mean, now you've got, you've developed people that are invested, right? They're fully invested Absolutely. and, and they're loving it. But have you ever had someone that you're like, okay, now we need to set some healthy boundaries because you know, you're serving too much. Like, is there ever yeah. not a time where it's like, okay, there I've are. asked them to do yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you do watch for those signs with people and typically you can see that in their level of engagement in one of the areas that they might be serving. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my, I will say a lot of my small group leaders, uh, do serve as adult small group leaders through the week as well. Um, uh, and so that's not uncommon that right. our adult small group leaders who are meeting throughout the week are also small group leaders in any of our environments. And so I would say that that's a healthy combo for people. Mm-hmm. Um, they understand what it means to be a small group leader of that investment. And it's just the looks a little bit different for from an adult side of things compared to um kids and so that one seems to be an okay combo but Mm -hmm. where I do have to watch with people if they are oh like you're serving every day at the church you're also you know serving after work at the soup kitchen you are Uh. also and so I do pay attention to kind of like all of the external things that I might see a person doing and then it might be a conversation of like of a health check-in of is there something you're trying to avoid at home? Like like you do want to have that care side of the things for people. Now, I'm not always the person that's doing that, but we do have what we would call coaches Mm -hmm. for our small group leaders, and they would be in charge of like 10 people who are small group leaders. And so they're really, their role is to take care of them. 
And so I'm building into those coaches saying, hey, how are you doing? How is your team doing of small group leaders? Have you checked in with them? And that's where I'll learn because we are multi-site. Yeah. Um, that's where I'll learn sort of what's the DNA, what's happening. Um, and I may have to step in to have those awkward conversations um, if a coach says, like, I'm not really comfortable with that. And that's mm -hmm. okay. That's That should be my role to kind of step in for them when they're feeling this is too big yeah because um, <laughs> it can be that right if yeah. a marriage is falling apart that's too big yeah um, and so and sometimes that's too big for me but I can point them into you know more healthy directions or counseling or whatever like that but mm -hmm. you do want to pay attention to that and you want to see you'll see signs I typically will see signs where they'll disengage or um, start arriving late, or just not the same level of, hey, you haven't touched base with your kids long, for a long time. Right, yeah. Is this still, are you still passionate about this? Because we want people serving where they're the most passionate, mm -hmm. um, and where they're going to enjoy the most, and where they're going to grow the most. And so we want to check in with people. We don't want people serving in a place that they dread. Yeah. Um, and, because it's not the best for anyone. And, and so we, we really do want to make sure that that happens um, because, I, I don't know, like when you see somebody serving in a place that God has just wired them for that, like it is just a great win for the whole body. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so that really is our goal to make sure that people are serving. And I, I've taken people from other teams. Like I'm not afraid of doing that. Like it's <laughs> like when I see somebody going, hey, I don't think this is the right fit for you. Yeah. But we as a staff have that open-handed approach to ministry where okay. it's like we are moving people from team to team um, because – Again, it's the big picture community of we are all in this together and yeah. this is actually a better probably fit for the church community to move them from guest services to become a small group leader. Um, you know, and so I think that's part of the health of our church is to recognize that as much as it's like, oh man, I'm losing them from my team, somebody else is gaining a great leader. And right, so yeah. That's all part of it too. Yeah. Um, and sometimes a change is just as good for a person, right? Like yeah. where, um, hey, you've been serving as a small group leader for, you know, eight years in, with grade three. Mm -hmm. It's okay to want a change. And I think some people are really afraid to let you down because you've developed a relationship. Right, yeah. And so I think as the leader, the healthy uh, leader anyways, is to, you know, check in with that person. Is this still where you want to serve? Like, is there somewhere else you'd love to try? Mm -hmm. And I might approach it from that perspective is, like, is there somewhere in this church community, you've been around here for a long time, is there something you would love to try? I want to give them that freedom to say, to just feel like it's okay yeah. to step aside and try something else. And so um, that's happened a lot. And but God always provides like other leaders. It 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 is awesome when you see like people step into those gaps. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and go, wow, this person is amazing. Like I never thought. There could be a better replacement for this person, but actually there is. And so um, 
those are kind of the approaches we would all take as a staff team. Right. And so, yeah, it's not always easy. No. Um, those <laughs> early days, it was not easy. It was not fun. No, uh, it's so hard. But I always knew that our uh, like our lead pastor and our at the time family ministry director had my back because they believed in it as well. And so, you know, when volunteers might go around and try and I don't think this is a great move. Why is Shauna wanting to do this? <laughs> Their approach would always be, no, we believe this is what's best. And you, for the ministry, right. we believe in what Shauna's doing. We support oh, her 100 percent. Um, was super helpful in those early days when I didn't have all the leverage um, because I was at two campuses and I wasn't known at the other campus at all. Uh, and so um, just having their support uh, was super helpful. And I knew that no matter what person went to them to try and, you know, complain or whatever, that they would be positive and yeah, oh, that's so good. Which is super helpful. Yes. Um, I do want to pick your brain. I wanted to hear about sure. You have some fantastic off-the-wall ideas that I'm sure your, your <laughs> senior pastors have to support you in, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I okay. tell everybody crazy because yeah. this is probably the best way to say it. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to hear about that. First of all, like, so you come up with this crazy idea yeah. and then do you stop and run it through a filter or do you just like, okay, we're doing this? Like, what do you do? <laughs> Tell us uh, yeah, about an idea and what happened. Uh, sometimes, uh, yeah, it depends on what it is. Yeah. Um, so certainly in children's ministry, there's definitely more room to experiment, I would say, where um, from a leadership side of things. So I report to our lead pastor. Right. Um, and certainly uh, there are there's more freedom uh, because he trusts me that my decisions will stick with mission somehow. Like right. <laughs> um, if I want to run a Sunday event of some sort, he's, he knows that I'm, I am running it through the filter of uh, does this help small group leaders win? Does this help a, a family win? Does this help us move more unchurched people perhaps to coming to church on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm filtering my ideas through that lens. Right. Um, and so as long as I can feel confident and answer confidently that this will do that, um, he pretty much will let me do it. Nice. Uh, if it is more of a big church idea, so yeah. more in the adult environment or because I am in those conversations, which they probably may regret now um, <laughs> as a campus pastor <laughs> that I'm in those adult, we call them service uh, design meetings, yeah. uh, where I will, you know, have some random ideas. And so sometimes they just let me talk and just wait. <laughs> Until it becomes more reasonable, yeah. or we can build on an idea, um, and so that's where things are have 
more of a filter when I'm in a room of people who are going to execute right. maybe something in the adult service or like, it's going to snow on Christmas Eve. Okay, well, I don't know how that's going to happen, but it should happen. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so uh, they'll help us figure out ideas on practically, especially in like a, when you don't have your own church building at all sites. Right. You know, oh, yeah. Sometimes ideas are just not practical, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of ways where I will think outside the box. Okay, we can't do this in the movie theater, but we could do it this way and create an ice cream truck if we, um, you know, make it out of coroplast and we build it on a frame and then we can put it in the parking lot. And So it's just oh, cool. like ideas like that where, okay, this is a, a way around a barrier because mm -hmm. um, we we're not allowed to have like an ice cream truck come to a theater apparently. Oh. Um, and so <laughs> anyways, yeah. so there are some barriers sometimes. Right. And so then I'll just start thinking mm -hmm. uh, about a way to do it differently. Now, what about um, to encourage your volunteers? Do you have some ways that you've uh, encouraged them or motivated them in the past? Or what do you do mm -hmm. to say thank you? Yeah, so we, uh, I think family ministry is the advocate for saying thanks uh, the most. I would say we are the ones who really work at it and mm -hmm. plan for it. Um, and then um, other departments sort of jump in on the idea. But we are definitely the catalyst mm -hmm. to helping um, other teams like our um, environment teams get services and, you know, those adult kind of more teams to go, oh, yeah, we should do something. <laughs> uh, we are very proactive. Um, so we will celebrate um, all the major holidays, as you would say, okay. um, with volunteer thank you so we budget it uh, in the calendar hey we need X amount of dollars because we don't know what we're gonna do but we're gonna do something right um, that can be as simple as we are the you know some candy item with a cheesy tag those are really easy to do yeah. um, so we'll do that often uh, if we want to do a extra special volunteer breakfast on a Sunday morning where we bring in extra special treats um, and then so those are that that's a really easy way so a lot of celebratory um, things on a Sunday morning to mm -hmm. volunteers um, in general providing for them breakfast in the like a light breakfast not right, eggs yeah. and bake but um, <laughs> like you know bagels and muffins and coffee good coffee and, good coffee you know, yeah yeah, so we provide that every single Sunday for volunteers so that we are removing that barrier for them when we're asking them to come to the huddle, yeah. that that barrier for, oh, I need to feed my kids, I need to do this, I need to do that. Yeah. That volunteer uh, lounge is for volunteers and their kids. Oh. So what does that look like on Sunday morning? Like, what's, Is it a location that you've got for them? Yeah, so we've, at, even in our portable world, we have a location which we call Kid Spot, which is a place where volunteer kids can hang out for one of the service times. Uh, because one of the barriers uh, when we're asking big of our volunteers is like, oh, my kids won't want to attend twice. I get mm -hmm. that. Unless they're kind of under four years old. Uh, yeah, they then they don't care. 
Yeah, they, they, they think it's great to attend twice if they're kind of under the age of four mm-hmm. uh, because it's a whole new set of friends. It's I get to do the craft again. Awesome. Uh, they don't they don't mind attending twice. Yeah. Um, and so that's fine. But any a kid kind of senior kindergarten and over do not want to attend a service twice. And we right. do not want them to start to not like church. Um, and so we want them to just know that church is fun and they can have a good time. Um, and so we provide a space at all of our locations for our volunteer kids to hang out. Uh, basically, they can. there's toys, there's coloring, there's... Uh, video games, there's movies, um, and so it's really just a hangout. There's no curriculum. It's just hangout, be with each other, have fun, um, and then go to your programming for mm-hmm. the second service or vice versa, depending on uh, where their parents serve. And so by removing that barrier for parents, who, which it often is the case, is like, oh, I don't know what to do with my yeah, kids. Yeah. Let's, provi- let's provide an answer for that, um, which means breakfast for them when they get here so they, don't, they can get out the door and get their kids here. Their kids can have uh, a light breakfast. Um, uh, and then they can go to their huddle and stuff like that. So I think providing um, that has been a huge win for our volunteers uh, to know that they're valued, that their time mm-hmm. is valued, and that we want to help them be able to be here um, at the because it is a big ask. Yeah, and so, yeah it is. Uh, without these volunteers, we couldn't do it. So from a budgeting perspective, all of our ministry areas have to budget in for that provision for our teams, um, the volunteer lounge in all of our areas, for our bands, for our mm-hmm. guest services team. Everybody gets to go to the volunteer lounge if they're a volunteer. Nice. So it's a perk. Yeah. It is a perk. It is a perk. (laughs) Yeah. Other things we've done for volunteers, we, um, this past year, which I think we'll do again, was a volunteer conference, uh, Mm -hmm. which was amazing for them. So a different shift for us, instead of it being a typical volunteer conference where it was for training, right? uh, where we'd all divide up in our areas, which is great. We actually ran a conference that was for them so it was marriage breakouts it was mental health breakouts it was uh main stage speakers who we brought in so it was a very different vibe for a volunteer conference uh but that was amazing for our people because their feedback was it was all for them they didn't have to do anything they were treated really well we ran a world-class conference for them and it wasn't training right that was a thing we learned from them Mm -hmm. it wasn't training it was investing in them as people um and because we can do training in our respected areas in a lot of different ways. Right. Other things we do for strictly volunteers, we do worship nights, but you have to be a volunteer in order to come. Uh, so that's another way uh, where we, um, you know, hey, if you're a volunteer here, uh, we want you to have some of these things that we're not offering to everybody. Right. And that's different for a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, we look um, different in every say, church. Hey, we're running a worship night 
but it's just for our volunteers. We don't mm -hmm. actually want run worship nights uh, just for the sake of having a worship night. It's always for our volunteers. Um, okay. And so that is a different, that's different probably yeah. for most churches to kind of go that that way. But um, we've chosen to elevate volunteering and the culture of volunteering. Um, and so they find out about a lot of things that the regular attender wouldn't know about. Okay. Hmm. And that can create, you know, some, you know, tension amongst <laughs> people, but we're okay with it. You're okay with it. And you're all on board. So, yeah. <laughs> um, now with your volunteers, you've got invested and is there some creative ways that your volunteers who are serving weekly in Kidsmen or in youth have built relationships with the parents and the families? Like how do they connect with them? Is there, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I would say it is a challenge and, um, to connect with parents mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. If, uh, the churches that are listening or leaders that are listening, we know Sunday is a bit of a, you know, especially if you have multiple service times, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of margin there for connecting with parents on a Sunday morning. Uh, so I will help leaders realize you don't have to connect with everybody on Sunday morning, right? But pick one person every week that, uh, you want to connect with and then over time you're going to get to know kind of the parents of uh, those kids but it does take time mm -hmm. but the best way that our small group leaders have connected with parents is really by um, connecting with that kid by sending the birthday cards by um, you know calling uh, the house and talking to the parents so um, we'll ask our leaders to do calls um, and we'll write out the script if it's like helpful for them especially yeah. if they're a younger leader here's mm -hmm. to say um, and so doing that is super helpful for leaders to just make that connection um, and then as they develop sort of that relationship um, asking the parent in particular when they're younger kids asking the parent hey do they have an upcoming you know event that I could come to like a, a soccer game yeah. or or randomly dropping off a birthday present to the kids house is a real win uh, for a family when that yeah. happens and so we have a you know, a lot of small group leaders who will do that. So in order to help our other leaders learn how to do that, we'll have them kind of explain in a huddle mm -hmm. uh, what they did and celebrate that with them. And so really good small group leaders are mentoring other small group leaders. And so that's been a real healthy sort of cultural shift for us when others, other leaders are mentoring other leaders. And um, so stuff like that, uh, off Sunday, definitely being intentional about providing, um, you know, things that parents can do with their kids is another way. So providing resources for them right. because on a Sunday morning, you can't do everything you want to do. Right, uh, we yeah. don't offer any midweek programming either. So we'll be creative and creating some things that 
hey, take this home and do this and okay. as a family. And somehow there will be a connection in there of involving a, this kid's small group leader. Bring this back to your small group leader and stuff like that. So there is a kind of a two-way street in, oh, in that's some a good of the idea. things that we would send home with them. Mm -hmm. um, one, encouraging a callback to everything, uh, to coming back to small group or church or whatever. So there's always got to be this sort of callback item in, in an event or anything we're sending home uh, to make sure that we're just keeping them engaged in returning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Which is a big hurdle in yeah. a church world um, is to elevate church attendance. Mm -hmm. um, and it just gets more and more of a struggle as the kids get older and more involved in sports teams right. um, that you have to work harder at doing that because you are trying to change a family's mentality about church right. and the importance of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big task. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Even for people who don't have kids, it's a big task. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if you could communicate one thing to our listeners, like to encourage them that are serving in kids ministry or families ministry, what would that be? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I would say really when you see something happening in your small group, whether you are the leader of that small group or if you're a parent of a kid in a small group, celebrate and share wins with each other. There's oh, nothing yeah. more discouraging than not hearing steps that kids are taking. Um, so if you're a parent and listening to this podcast, please share with your child's small group leader things that are happening at home mm. um, because they need to know that what they're doing matters because they are a direct connection to perhaps a kid deciding to pray at home for the first time. Right. Uh, they want to know that kids are taking steps towards faith. Um, and if they don't hear that from a parent, um, they will get really discouraged. If you're a small group leader and listening to this podcast and you hear a win that happens, yeah. you need to share that with other small group leaders. Um, so if a kid comes to you on a Sunday morning and says, Hey, like, I'm so glad that you t remembered to pray for me. And you said you would pray for me because I talked to my teacher this week and I told her about, you know, our, um, event that we were having and she was excited about it. Yeah. So it can be stuff like that. You want to share that in yeah. the huddle, uh, or with, you know, if there's another small group leader in your room or whatever that mm -hmm. is, you need to share with each other the things that are happening. Because there are many Sundays that a small group leader will feel like, I don't even know why I'm here. Right. Nothing yeah. went well. Yeah. Like everything went wrong. <laughs> and so they need to hear from each other yeah. the wins that are happening. Because what they are doing with their grade three small group has a direct impact on what's happening for that kid when they get into grade six or into grade seven. Right, yeah. They are a piece of this story that is going to happen when that kid decides to get baptized. Oh, yeah. They were a piece. And so for the leaders who are working with each other, um, so if the student leaders 
need to really share those wins with the children's ministry leaders because they were a part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so my job as the family ministry director is to try and collect all those wins and help people connect those dots. Mm -hmm. um, and so if there's not somebody on your team doing that, then you need to be the advocate to help that happen because um, you just want to encourage one another. And I think if we keep hearing stories from each other of how our ministry is impacting the bigger picture, um, I think it fuels people to keep going. Yeah. And the person, like if you had someone collecting like that job of collecting stories and getting information from one another, is that like a volunteer position that you guys have that, or we, we don't, but it totally could be a volunteer position, um, for somebody who maybe, uh, doesn't like working with kids. Um, <laughs> you do need a lot of people who don't like working with right, kids yeah. because they will be the people who, will organize things or be behind the right, scenes yeah. or will be intentional about uh, connecting with an adult and saying, hey, what happened in your small group? Anything great to share? Mm -hmm. And then they will write it down. Like you need that type of person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why I try to help people get into a volunteer position because I believe there's a position for every single person. Yeah, I do no too. No matter yeah. who they are, their commitment level, whether they follow Jesus or not, there is a place for every single person. And so um, I am a firm believer in that, that every person has a place on a team and uh, we just need to help people realize that there is a place for them. Mm-hmm everywhere in the church, um, yeah. no matter where they are at faith wise, um, that there is a place for them. And so I really want to help people feel like they can have a place in the church, um, regardless of, you know, there are some boundaries, there are serving boundaries, um, where, you know, we have a real high level of expectation and, right. uh, belief and, you know, covenant sort of, but there are a, so many places for a person to serve who may not be able to agree to those um, serving covenants and, you know, mm -hmm. because they're, they're not a follower of Jesus or they're not living in a way that um, you can place them in a, a leadership role, but right. uh, it doesn't exclude them. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. No, we really can use that opportunity to build each other up, right? Absolutely. Encourage one absolutely. Another. Yeah, yeah, I totally think the same. Shauna, this has been absolutely amazing. You well, are a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I love being helpful um, to leaders and, you know, helping the greater mission, which is to just reach our communities for Jesus, to give them that mm -hmm. hope and no matter what church we come from is really the ultimate goal that we are um, just providing hope for the people in our lives. And yeah. so uh, family ministry is a great place to do that. So, yeah. Hey, if somebody wanted to contact you, <laughs> what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, so I am on Facebook, Shauna Lester, Instagram, Shauna Lester, um, Connexus Church. You can find me probably on the website. My email is slester, so slester, at <laughs> connexuschurch.com. Um, reach out that way. I am uh, more than happy to uh, help leaders. Okay. Um, 
just uh, do ministry better and to reach more people. And that includes a whole lot of kids. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So once again, thank you so much, Shauna, for chatting with us today. And for those that were listening, I hope that you are leaving feeling encouraged and equipped to keep serving or volunteering or try something new in your ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Hey, we want you to stay connected with all that's happening with 412 Canada podcast and conference. To do that, sign up for an email at 412.ca. And because you signed up, we will send you a link for all the audio from 412 Conference 2019 for free. If you happen to miss anything today, you can check out our show notes for links and, uh, and ways to contact with Shauna and other things. Please like and share on social media with your friends. And we look forward to the next time on the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.